everyone, and welcome to another edition of Troy Noons is an Absolute Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John Casello, and with me today is Dan Lyons. Hello, everyone. Happy second or third week of of quarantine, based uh, depending on who you are and where you are. Welcome to uh, day, I don't know, I guess for us it's 16, 17, 18, something like that. Uh, That's about right. Dan, yeah. Dan's still in South Carolina. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> still in South Carolina. Uh, looking, it's seemingly likely that I'm here through like almost all of April, considering how New York is right now. So uh, we'll see. We're playing it by ear. Yeah, he's a, he, he's a resident at this point. No Gamecocks. Because, yeah, there, there, there's no chance in hell that Dan would ever root for Clemson. I mean, I'm also staying with with all Gamecocks, so I'd like, you know, I'm, I need to, to do that. <laughs> I did, when I was at the, was it the 2016 national title game, I did like subtly wear like maroon <laughs> for, for the Bama Clemson game. Because again, right no way in hell I was, yeah, because like, uh, yeah, subtly wore maroon, like no way in hell I was rooting for Clemson. Yeah, I, 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 you know, a bunch of my really good friends from home went down here and who I'm staying with now who are Gamecocks. And then I, through them, I've met a number of other Gamecocks. So it's just kind of like they're, they're, they ended up, you know, being adopted as my SEC team for obvious reasons, but uh, very appreciative of them right now. Although we're going to, you know, we have the shelter in place in Columbia now as well. So um, it's just a little bit more of a spread out shelter in place than a, a New York City apartment, but we're making the best of it. I'm drinking some, uh, some good beer, which I'll bring up later. So. Getting through it day by day, but hopefully, you know, I do miss the city. So hopefully, uh, hopefully things start to down the downswing there soon. Yeah, I, uh, I'm fingers crossed that it's uh, that things are starting to clear up by May. But you know, I'm I'm not going to pretend that I I understand uh, infectious disease control on this end. Yeah, who who knows? I mean, I feel like unless you're you know an actual expert, uh, and I mean like an actual expert in this one field, um, you're just everyone's you know, throwing stuff out at the wall and hoping that they're right. But uh, yeah, hopefully just follow their lead and continue to do what you're doing. And, and we'll, we'll get through this and not have any more sports compromised. <laughs> Cause I know anyone listening to this is probably like, you know, really not thrilled with how things have played out, but uh, you know, it's, it's all been for the best and hopefully we can, you know, do the best we can to make sure that it doesn't happen for football or anything else more drastic. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Speaking of other sports, before we get to the Syracuse matters at hand, um, in classic Mets fashion, um, the Mets, like most of the starting lineup, I feel like will be out, would have been out until like June um, at minimum. Uh, Noah Syndergaard was added to that pile of players who would not see the field uh, with or without games. Um, so yeah, classic Mets to just kind of lose the 2020 season before it even started. Um, <laughs> looking forward to 2021. <laughs> It, it's it's wonderful because uh, a large segment of the Mets fan base online was like, well, at least, you know, there might not be any baseball this year or like there'll be an abbreviated season. So uh, the, this weird uh, elbow injury that, you know, could have could have actually cost us more games in a less like ridiculous time uh, timeline. So I guess that's like the most optimistic you can possibly hope for from Mets fans now uh, or ever, really. It's like, oh, our, our our starter who's coming off of a disappointing season, but we were hoping would bounce back might only miss like an abbreviated season or like half of one season and half of another season. Look to the, look to the upside, everyone. As Dan and I have discussed numerous times, the Mets are an interesting breed of a, a bad team. Um, and as a result, have an interesting breed of fans because um, they're not the types. And I, 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 there's some, there's some crossover really with Syracuse fan. I'm going to be honest. Um, Syracuse fans, especially with basketball are used to uh, 
at least some sort of great and then occasionally amazing um, counter with that. Like, you know, Mets fans are used to um, mostly very bad, but there's those spikes of amazing. And the spikes of amazing are what make Mets fandom different um, than other fans. I'm trying to think of like if there's a if there's like a college basketball equivalent to that. Uh, Not off the top of my head, I'm sure. Honestly, you could argue like they would never admit this. You could argue UConn post Calhoun. <laughs> you could argue like like Kevin Ollie UConn was kind of Metsy, except that the Mets would actually win the title if they had like if they had made the final four twice and then just like bombed out the other three years. That would have been very Metsy. Um, so they're probably not the best example. That's the first one that came to mind. Um, an example. I mean, Villanova. Yeah, Villanova. If you, yeah, but again, like, that's not actually win. <laughs> um, but they have won. They, is the thing they have. They have in, in like it's you know, not in our lifetimes. <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah, it's tough. Just like college basketball, it's hard for teams to like vacillate wildly between like championship caliber and like really bad. Um, like missing, like even missing the tournament because it's so, it's so. I, I would say for the, the you know honestly like the better the better them might be football it might be like Auburn. Auburn yeah. obviously has a higher floor, but also like the the you know situation in college football is different because like you event you know Auburn's floor is pretty solidified in terms of like the talent level they bring in, but in terms of like the wild like vacillation between like all of a sudden they're contending for a title uh, when they absolutely like, probably shouldn't be, and then like years where it seems that they should they. they finish like seven and five that's pretty messy i can see that what about ohio state basketball yeah i can see that i think I, hmm, it's interesting under that mata um you know they definitely had their heights i, I just like i know that's the program that you wouldn't like doesn't jump to mind that like they're good always but like it's so far beyond their football program um that's an interesting one not a bad comparison i don't think yeah because like they do miss um, the tournament uh they, they, they do look bad sometimes just, just straight up bad. They, they haven't won any time recently, but they've come very close. I'm trying to think there, of others like, there. but pre Kirby Smart, uh, Mark Britt Georgia would have been a good one, I think. That's fair. Yeah, uh, similar to like, I, but, but Mark Britt Georgia think, didn't have necessarily too many like they didn't have a like the problem I think is the floor that you have to find to be yeah, which is tough to in college fans. football because yeah, just like the the college football doesn't again like you don't have these crazy whips between like really good and really bad maybe michigan although it's it's again it's also coach heavy and like right. the mets mets are the mets no matter who's coaching them like whoever the manager is <laughs> the mets are the mets always have the mets stank on them but like college football you know you can really fix it if you just go out there and get the right coach now that's easier said than done but right. um eras are so easily defined in college football and in baseball i feel like they're much more difficult yeah this was uh this was a weird exercise and not what I anticipated, but I'm fine with it. We're back, baby. This is the podcast. This is what the people want. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> gets the people going. This is uh, yeah, the, 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 this is going to be some vintage uh, trying to snap salute podcast for a bit. Off season um, forever. Actually, we're only like a month out from talking about uh, Sunbelt previews. <laughs> it's going to be really disheartening. If the college football season gets canceled, but we've only gotten through like the Mac, <laughs> so we're we're previewing these uh, G fives that like won't actually happen. Hopefully, fingers crossed that will not come to pass because that'll be bad for like all of us. Me very much so. <laughs> that will that will put my day job in a very interesting place. I'll be writing about uh, like happy viral videos or something in the fall. Dan will be Dan will be running some sort of like Buzzfeed esque. <laughs> Honestly, 
for you know the the the, the content mines uh, have to be stocked. It doesn't doesn't care for uh you know clips don't care for what, what whether football's happening or not. Dan HQ Trivia is back. They're gonna need a host. Are they actually back? Yeah, HQ Trivia got an anonymous donor to bring them back. Which like Ooh, the, really, I, if there was a perfect know, for HQ Trivia, this is it. It's whoever is it the same person who funds the Federalist? Probably. <laughs> We're gonna cut that one short. That's just. Moving on. <laughs> that was uh, I was actually when you were talking about your uh, expertise, about expertise on uh, on infectious diseases and, and being an actual expert or not, I was going to go into a very Chapo esque um, imitation of someone talking about their their, their proficiency with the material. Um, oh God! And I, I left that one on the cutting room floor, thankfully. Oh, oh God. Probably for the best. I, I can't believe I can't believe someone anonymously funded HQ. So there needs to be a documentary about HQ trivia. The, like it's probably down the line from like we work and a couple others, but like we need at least a, a like a shoddy documentary on them that like who will rush to production. There's some real dark money there at this point. I played I played that game for way longer than I probably should have, but I won a few times and it's very gratifying. I played like three times. I had friends that were like hooked and. And there's like like it, it really cut into productivity in a way that like few things can. We definitely had the like uh, classic like month of like the entire office playing, and uh, that was fun. But then like you know people fall off and yeah um, yeah I actually I enjoyed it for what it was, but uh, I, I am now unbelievably interested as to who is funding HQ trivia. I'm sure. I mean, the Wall Street Journal wrote about it like yesterday. I'm curious. I'm sure somebody like will, will figure out who funded this thing, and when they do, please, please, please write all the stories about that person if they're not like an obvious. Um, actually, even if they are an obvious person, I, I do just kind of want to know. We'll do a whole podcast on it. It'll be great. We'll, we'll need to fill the time. I'll interview the person. It's fine. Uh, oh, let's bring them on. That'd be good. <laughs> what, what What do you think about the Syracuse basketball voting and the ACC men's basketball bracket? Anonymous H2 tribute. Can they please be a Syracuse fan? Oh, that'd be so good. I'd be very happy. I would I, I would definitely do some digging on that. Um, okay. So now that we've reached minute 10 or so, um, Syracuse, they're speaking of like random internet things. Um, Syracuse fans have done exactly as you would expect. Um, the ACC, uh, for those who didn't notice, like a week or so ago, I guess a little bit more than that at this point. Um, Tried to name the top player of the last 50 years. Um, the only stipulations were that, um, A, they had to play for a current seri- uh, current ACC team. Um, B, they had to uh, – there were no more than five players allowed, I believe. Maybe it was six. Um, it was five and six players allowed max per school, uh, no fewer than three. Um, Syracuse is one of a handful um, of schools with five uh, – People have gotten really mad because, as you would expect, ACC fans, um, especially the uh, Tobacco Road variety, um, don't like to see, um, you know, an encroachment um, on, on their history in, in any way, shape, or form. So that's become uh, very clear. It's become super clear. No matter how many times they uh, they get mad, the the rules are thrown at them by uh, by, by by very petty Syracuse fans. We'll get there. Um, ends up as we kind of figured, like right at the beginning. Um, this was not going to be a tournament about the, the the teams that have support and the schools that are good and the players that are good. It was going to entirely be a tournament of um, disrespect, uh, pettiness, and 
and, and who better to exemplify that disrespect and pettiness in, in, in ACC basketball, at least, than, uh, than Syracuse and NC State, who, uh, who wound up being the entire um, Elite Eight in this, in this tournament. Um, all four matchups were between Syracuse and NC State players. Um, Syracuse won the first two. Um, this episode will be up before the other two games are, uh, are resolved. But right now, um, SU players uh, lead in both of those. I think the most stunning thing to me uh, in this tournament so far has been the fact that uh, Derek Coleman beat Michael Jordan. Um, Dan, what's your favorite, uh, your favorite moment been so far? That was mine because Derek Coleman was up like 30 points. And it became very clear that some ACC fan bases realized what was going on and got the vote out hard. And they still couldn't do it. They still couldn't uh, eclipse the Syracuse fan efforts. <laughs> <laughs> like he, I think, I think Coleman won like four fifty two forty eight. It was very close by the end, but like it became very clear that people were like, "We need this to not happen. This is ridiculous." He didn't play in the ACC, et cetera, et cetera. He's not Michael Jordan. Although I will say, I'm not saying Derek Holm was a better college player than Michael Jordan. It wasn't that far off. Like it's not that crazy if you're doing a college college comparison. Um, yeah, I mean, anyway. Jordan has, like, some high, like, some very high highs. Um, I think if I was... Like, winning player of the year, um, yes. hitting, a, hitting the uh, game-winning shot in the national championship game, um, th- those are all really big things. But, yeah, yeah I, 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 was, I think uh, ish I think if I was a non-Syracuse fan, I'd probably vote Jordan. But, like, Derek Coleman was the number one pick in the draft for a reason. Obviously, Jordan was, was a high draft pick as well. But, like, um, it wasn't, like, it's not crazy, crazy. Um, crazy crazy is uh, a person that neither of us have heard of Rodney Monroe and NC State alum beating Christian Leitner. <laughs> That's crazy crazy. Well, that was, I fans. actually, I actually helped, I actually helped fuel that along with some others. <laughs> oh, I don't think a lot of people like, hate, hate Christian Leitner, like really hooked. Oh yeah. I mean, it's a documentary about it. Um, uh, I just really enjoy that. Like NC State was the fan base, the, the, like, you know, the, the, the true ACC fan base in quotes uh, that came out to like, Try to try to be the ones to block us, but NC State's like the worst possible ones to choose because like they're so petty and get in the mud with everyone else so bad. Like UNC fans are not going to be probably voting for Syracuse people as much as they'll hold their nose about it. So um, and this also it just reminds me this is like the internet version of that, that pre ACC Syracuse NCT game when we went down to Raleigh and like they had no idea that we were going to basically like take over the PNC Center. Like they did not oh, know yeah. what the Syracuse fan base was all about. It was right after like the Denny's jokes and everything. Was and, it? Uh, who, who the hell? Was, yeah, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was right after the Denny's jokes. Mark Gottfried got like really annoyed. Yes, I was at the Denny's press conference, which is like one of my claim to fame. Claims to fame. I was covering the Syracuse <laughs> Providence team, and I was there, and uh, I like gasped when Beheim said it because it was so perfect. <laughs> and I've only been to like like a handful of Beheim press conferences, so I really lucked out. Yeah, I uh, the only one I guess I could have gone to would have been. The uh, after the um, North Carolina Final Four uh, game, but since I decided just to go as a fan and not press, I uh, I didn't show up to that one. But uh, I didn't cover the team when I was in college. Otherwise, yeah, I probably would have had more stories. I was too busy being on the uh, the album reviews beat as the uh, as a reviews editor for uh, Twenty Watts for, for for those that recall the uh, the uh, student music magazine at at Syracuse University. What was the highest score you ever gave out to an album? Or were you guys like not unstored? No, we did scores. Um, I think we just did out of 10. I gave out, I mean, th- that was a really great year, to be honest. Um, I was there for like- 2011 is um, a good, good music year. Well, it was, yeah, it was because I was there because I was a the music editor from like 
the reviews that are from like 2009 to 10. So that was when uh, Meriwether Post Pavilion came out, uh, Academist from uh, Grizzly Bear. Um, what was that other, the uh, that Dirty Projectors album? That was really good. Um, I think there was a new Flaming Lips record in there. Um, some Drake. There, there, were, there was a lot of like really good stuff that came out that year. Yeah, it's like a strong era of college radio. Yeah, like I like yeah. We also had like a we had like a digital um, like radio show too uh, that we did, and yeah, that there there were a lot of like bands that were just like fixtures. Um, Rural Alberta Advantage um, was uh, was like a staff favorite um, for those that are are or not aware of them. Uh, they were a fun band. I actually don't know if I know them. I, I I will send you some links after this because they are they are a really fun listen, especially like back in the day. Nice. Yeah, that was a they they really rare music interlude on here. Um, Dan and I are actually both really big music fans, yet we never talk about music on this show. We, there may be more. <laughs> there may, there may be, might, more, more might be coming. Don't you all worry. Uh, but in any case, yeah. Uh, back to the bracket. We, uh, Dan, I know I said this in the article that uh, that the Syracuse and NC State fans would be the two fan bases most likely to die in a fight defending their team's honor. Um, in the uh, the basketball version of the ACC, um, who do you think that well, is UNC in the football version? Have, I was going to say you and Stephen hire lawyers to do it for them. Um, football <laughs> version. Um, Clemson I, I for one. Obvious, Clemson, Clemson. Now the obvious answer is Florida State, but like I don't think that's the case anymore. I think hate Florida State Twitter. Yes, hundred percent. But I think Florida State's been kind of like muzzled by just like mediocrity for a couple of years here. Um, there was a Clemson yeah, NC yeah. State. I think it's NC State. <sighs> Is it NC State? It might be. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to like be more interesting about it. It might be. It's like it Miami, but then they. Sh- it, 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 no, you know what? It's Miami, but you they show up and like it's like 300. Like there's not that many of them. So the ones that are diehard <laughs> Miami fans are like really big Miami fans, but there there aren't that many. Yeah, like I I I want to like throw back to the uh, to the Bagel Boss episode um, <laughs> of this show. <laughs> oh God. And and, and and no, it's honestly like we're on the list for both. Um, we're not as high on the football list, um, because like, that's the same thing with Miami. Like there's, there's, there's a few of us, but they exist. And I don't think you and I are really the people that are, that are even among the us on that list. Um, for basketball, we could be convinced to be, um, but football, I don't think we are. I think we're just super realistic and passionate about a team that sucks more often than not. Um, football, I think Clemson, um, is the most, Clemson, because I, I think because Dabo loves being the manufactured disrespect guy so much because he understands yeah, he really, that fan he really than anybody the, uh, ever has. Yeah, I doubt they would have been it, um, but Dabo like drives it hard. Um, if they had another coach, obviously they probably wouldn't have had the success. But if it was like another coach doing the same thing, he's like Saban doesn't really do it. And like if it was Saban at Clemson, which is a weird thought, like maybe maybe he would maybe he would change because Alabama is obviously a much different animal in terms of like history. But I don't think so. Yeah, I'm trying to think. That like then nobody believes in us. Like nobody believes in us usually doesn't work as long as Dabo's pulled it off for. Um, so Clemson still remains like the top like disrespect. I think NC State's got to be the other one in football, to be honest. Um, because I think because uh, I think the ACC football league is very clearly like you're either a basketball school, just like cosplaying as a football school um, for a couple months a year, um, or you're a football school and like. There's not really like like NC State's the lone NC State's the lone like hanging in the middle school maybe 
but can you think of another is like, or I think they're really like the only one, like, I guess like some Syracuse fans would try to make a case for us, but no, no, we're a basketball school. Um, as much as this podcast would love for, for something different to be true. Um, but like, yeah, like Georgia tech, Florida state, I mean, Florida state's been really good in basketball lately, but they're still a football school. Like, yeah, Georgia tech, Florida state, Virginia tech, um, Clemson, clearly football schools, Pitts, neither somehow. Good for you guys. <laughs> they were like, they were, I think they were pretty solidly a basketball school more than anything else. Like they probably for a thought, while, but they were a football school for, more than anything else for a long time before that. Yeah. I mean, you just don't have the, like the consistent fan base for it. Like the only time they fill the stadiums when Penn state comes like once every decade. Way to go guys. Or I guess if West Virginia was still on the schedule, maybe they would there, but, and then that's hopefully a thing that will happen again. Cause like as a neutral observer, no, that's a rivalry we need back. It's on the schedule a few times, I think. Is it? So I, I, let me see. I'm like, I thought they were like discussing it, but couldn't figure it out. But I, I might have just forgotten that they. Yeah, 20, 2022, 2023, 24, and 25. Okay, that's awesome. I I might have known that at one point, but you know, we've we've all lived a long time in these last few months, and my brain can uh, retain all the information it had once. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh this is getting rough for a lot of reasons, and and I'm sure that uh the other the other listeners that have uh, small children might uh might empathize with me on this. That uh, <laughs> I can imagine this is this is a unique uh, brand of hell. Um, sometimes, luckily, we still have a daycare situation that uh that works, so we can get work done during the day. Um, and you know, you only have to do so many things really before and after work. Um, since she's young enough to go to bed pretty early, but weekends are a uh, are a unique brand of warfare that uh, <laughs> that that you really have to train for. I, I don't envy you in that regard. I, I'm just like today. I I wasn't working, so I just had nothing to do, and that felt like a lot. Um, I'm glad that uh, I, I'm 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 not envious of having to like be responsible for another human life beyond my own like boredom and anxiety. The challenge is really the fact that we can't like go to a park or anything. Are they actually like, like yeah, making like, you not like, like even even yeah, if you're they're like roped off? Yeah, like they're like roped off and gated off and shit. Yeah, that sucks because like they haven't really tried down there in New York, but it sounds like they might because like you would hope that people would be smart enough to like go to the park but like follow the rules and not ruin it for everyone. But as like human nature dictates, they will ruin it for everyone because no one can just do that. <laughs> This is Southern California. They've lived like if you tell people don't be selfish, what do you think the first thing they're gonna do is? That's true. And I say this as as somebody who's lived here for now like almost eight years. Um <laughs> if you tell Southern Californians don't do something, the first thing they're gonna do is that um our uh, our walking trail is also roped off now. Um, because God forbid people would just like walk on a walking trail. Nope. It turns into a block party, everyone congregates, people picnicking on the grass. Um, so the walking trails off limits now. Yeah. See, we have all the pretty, we have all pretty much the same rules here in South Carolina, which is surprising. They actually got on board that quickly, but apparently uh, like the golf courses are still open and like, you'd think a golf course is somewhere where you could like, Zero reasonably... yeah, well, no, that, obviously um, they can't take that away from them down here, but like, you would think like, okay, you could probably pull off golf and it'd be like, you know, okay. As long as you like made sure the tarts were all really well sanitized and whatever. And uh, one of my friends went to the uh, to the, the range the other day, and like apparently there were like twenty five. Well, they weren't let him in the clubhouse, but there were like twenty five old dudes like standing outside the clubhouse, clustered together, uh, drinking beers. It's like, oh, okay, so we're just not gonna not gonna even try. 
Yeah, that's a, we're not going to get into politics, I swear. Um, But that is the one thing that like, it's just annoying me to death is, is just because like, realistically, if the entire country just said, had said at the beginning of this for two weeks, just, just everyone just, just participate. And we said, yeah, let's do it. And then just like, just spent two weeks, maybe three, like indoors, limiting ourselves. Like it would, that'd be it. It'd be over. We might, yeah, we might already be like, probably still taking precautions, but like at least getting close to like a normal life. And instead, you know, who the hell knows when that'll be the case. See everybody in May. (laughs) Hopefully. Anyway, not that we want to make this, I feel like a lot of podcasts have been doing this where they like start off talking about the subject and then they, it's really hard not to. Yeah. Like I get it. It's hard not to though. No, it totally is. Like, yeah, we're kind of in like a unique uh, place in history here. Um, one that I hope is over soon <laughs> in a yes. positive way. Correct. Uh, hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Dan, I want to talk a little bit about beer, and then we can uh, we can get back to some other Syracuse related things. Yeah, so I, I pledged last week to at least go get something local, um, and I did. Uh, I, it's not a lot of different things, but I went and picked up a six pack of uh, Steel Hands, which is. Um, basically for everyone down here, like the best Columbia area brewery at this point. Um, and I'm having their tropical IPA, which I will say is really, really, really good. Um, super flavorful, really well balanced, like a nice hot profile, um, but also like really nice citrusy notes. Um, so really enjoying it. I'm having one right now. Actually the first one I've cracked. So I will enjoy those six and, and maybe just kind of work my way six pack at a time through the, uh, the South Carolina beer scene here, as long as I'm here. Very nice. Um, I didn't have a ton of, like unique stuff. I had um, one of the last two uh, Luponic Distortion cans that's in my fridge. And then uh, Smog City is doing beer deliveries as uh, most breweries are here in uh, here in California. Um, so Smog brought over, they did a, a pretty nice deal actually. Uh, you get three, uh, you get a Crowler three pack for like 25 bucks, uh, which is pretty good. Um, each of those are 32 ounces. So Decent amount of beer. So I got their uh, quarantine machine um, IPA, the West Coast IPA. Uh, finished off two of those three crawlers. Um, and then they also sent over a, uh, well, I ordered it, obviously. Um, 2017 uh, bottle of their uh, chocolate Imperial Stout to nothing. Um, the 2016 bottle of their uh, apricot um, sour uh, cuddle bug that, uh, that I've talked about at numerous times over the last few years um, on this show. Um, so, and then a buddy of mine went up to Highland Park Brewing in a, well, they have their uh, Chinatown tasting room that I've been to numerous times, uh, got me a four pack of their uh, crossbow pills. Um, so yeah, some, uh, some good drinking coming um, in the next few, uh, few weeks, but it's a lot, a lot of sameness to it too. You can only, you can only go out and get so much really before you're like, okay, this is, this is uh, over the top. I think I'm just going to stick to my local spots, make sure I keep them in business and, uh, and I'll, I'll bite the bullet on a few things. Yeah. Do you guys have places down there doing, uh, deliveries? Yeah. Most of ours actually are doing deliveries. Um, 
The bigger places are doing deliveries themselves. Um, I can pretty much get any, most breweries in California, I can get stuff, but like a bunch of them are only shipping by the case. If you want to do something that's not like super close by, and then you got to pay a decent amount for that. But um, the more hyper-local, like bigger spots are just doing, uh, doing like truck deliveries um, all day. Yeah. A lot of the New York city ones are too. I haven't actually explored the options down here, but I'm happy that at least a lot of the city ones have seemed to have some success with it, which is good. I, I don't know how many of them are getting up to my apartment where I am not currently, but um, you know, it's a good sign. And apparently New Jersey, which is usually pretty strict on the beer front uh, in terms of rules for breweries and whatnot, which is why they took a while to really get the the, the whole thing going um, has also passed uh, passed a rule where they can deliver in house. That's it's good. I think it can help to like, not obviously we're beer focused here, but anything like that to get like local businesses that are taking a huge bath right now, a little more, um, more options to, to make some money is good. Yeah, I know uh, California's waived a bunch of things. I think they're even waiving like some of the ABV laws and oh, the, sorry, ABC laws in terms of um, like containers. Like I've seen a bunch of like bars filling like clear containers um, and, and stuff like that. I know too, like a bunch of bars and restaurants around here have been uh, have been like doing like cocktails to go even of like all the ingredients in a like mason jar with like instructions. Yeah, it's it's a tough uh, just in general. Like, it's kind of a tough line to walk because. This is actually like a good opportunity to be like to kind of cut down a little bit on spending and like cook for myself a little bit more than I do, which I should. But then also like you want to, you know, support places that are getting just crushed by this whole thing. So hopefully everyone can do a little bit of that just to keep everyone else in mind, especially like gig workers, restaurant workers, obviously grocery store workers. Um, because this whole thing like that's that's a situation where if this keeps on going for a while, like we're going to get some really interesting and not in a good way results here. Yeah. Yeah. Then those who can support their local businesses, uh, definitely do so. I know I've, uh, I'm not ordering out more than I normally do. I usually do like one lunch out and one dinner out a week because I can only do so much with the kid. Um, but I'm still trying to do that. Um, so either doing like, uh, you know, door side pickup or, uh, or delivery, um, for some of the local spots just to, to make sure that they're supported. And like I said, you know, doing beer delivery. So anyone that can do that, definitely try to, um, and those of you working in the service industries, grocery industries, any uh, medical industry in particular, um, thanks for everything you guys are doing, keeping us uh, as, as normal or close to normal as we can be right now. Yes, eternal thanks, especially if you're in one of the hot spots. I can't even imagine like what that is like right now. So or if you are listening and you are on the front lines of this thing, like very sincerely, uh, our eternal gratitude. Agreed. Um, Dan, we'll go from one bracket to another here. Um, Syracuse football. Uh, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we did the best Syracuse basketball team since 1975. Uh, last week, we did a, uh, a very uh, involved uh, brewery bracket. Uh, 68 breweries narrowed down to one. Um, we had some ballot stuffing. I love that we I love that we're on both sides of the ballot stuffing game uh, on oh, the internet this, this last couple of weeks. We, we took some notes, and we realized that we could use this power for good. Um, so after Mortalis Brewing up in uh, Avon, New York, um, in the Rochester area, won our brewery bracket by way of just uh, just emphatic ballot stuffing. Um, we decided to use that uh, to our advantage in the uh, Syracuse basketball, the ACC basketball uh, bracket that we discussed earlier. And now uh, we move on to our third bracket of the uh, of I think we're doing five of them. Um, I guess spoiler alert: the other two uh, will be. Uh, local Syracuse food options and, uh, and Marvel comics characters. Um, maybe we do some others. I don't know. Brackets seem like a really interesting and easy way to get people involved. Um, but yeah, the Syracuse football, uh, one we're doing since 1950, 
Um, just because I think that's a good line to draw. Um, there were a couple of really good teams in the 50s with Jim Brown. Um, obviously, we get to catch the uh, 1959 uh, championship team. Um, tried to make this as like kind of evenly spaced as possible. Um, everyone will probably notice that the uh, the only decade not represented at all here is the uh, the 1970s um, for obvious reasons. Uh, shout out to uh, Frank Maloney and the uh, the rest of the uh, assorted mediocrity that took the field in those uh, those rough 70s before the dome was built. Um, Dan, there's going to be two obvious teams that uh, that have an advantage here: the 1959 championship team and the 1987 uh, undefeated team. Um, are there any other favorite teams in here that you're seeing? Any other teams that you're kind of curious to see how far they get in this event? I feel like the other teams are all kind of like what-if teams where they're like loaded with talent but couldn't quite like win one or two big games that would have had them. What's up, um, Coach P? In- yeah, it's like honestly, it's like the Coach P teams, like the 92 team. Uh, honestly, like all those early 90s teams were all really, really good. Um I want to say, what was the uh, McNabb team that beat Michigan, the 96 or 97 team? 96, it had to be because Michigan won the title next year. Um, that all ended up like 10-2 and two or 9-3, and three. Um, but the talent was so good, like littered with NFL uh, NFL players. Um, so I think those are the, the really interesting ones, but I also assume that the voting is going to be very skewed towards like the 80s and 90s teams because that's when a lot of uh, the readers um, obviously came up watching. That being said, uh, I'd be very surprising if it didn't wind up being 87 versus 59. And, and that's that's right. Like Those are the two pretty definitively best teams uh, in the modern slash like modern-ish program history. Yeah, we, uh, we'll we have the next round of voting up like I think shortly after this podcast post on the blog on Tuesday. But uh, right now, uh, 1959 holding a very commanding 214 to 1 um, advantage over 1964. Um I don't know who that one who voted against the 1959 team is, but whoever you are, um, props, I guess, for being a nonconformist. Um, that's like the most lopsided one. The 2001 team is a pretty hefty lead over the 1961 team. The 8-9 matchup. Um, 1988, big advantage over 1966. Uh, the 2018 team, surprisingly, probably going to lose here. Uh, the 1991 squad, I honestly thought that uh, the 2018 team was going to be able to, you know, win a round or so um, just because of people who have like recency bias and just want to see like a re- more recent team, I guess, uh, go a few rounds. Yeah. I think the draw is tough because 91 is like a really, really good team. And I think that's probably the right call. I, I, I assume if we like, if, if we had like Bill C go through and run S and P plus for, for, you know, 30 years, 91 would probably have been a, a better team than 18, uh, 2018. But, uh, and if, if 2018 had gotten a, a different it's like an older team. I think they probably would have won, but it is a little surprising that, that it's uh, it's pretty lopsided at this point, sixty-four to thirty-six, yeah. uh, based on the votes right now, percentage-wise. Yeah, there's a couple like really lopsided ones. I mean, the '92 team that you had mentioned, uh, big advantage right now over the uh, the '63 team. The '63 team was actually really good. Um, they went eight and two. They didn't make a bowl game. Like I think some people do forget like how the bowl system was different back then. Like there's a lot of like random, like we had like a seven and four, like Fiesta bowl team in here, like a seven and two cotton bowl team just because like, it was just, it was just weirder. And, 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 you know, being really good didn't guarantee a good bowl game. Sometimes being really good ended up putting you in a weird game. Like we were in the hall of fame bowl for a couple of seasons, despite going 10 and two um, because, you know, conference tie-ins or lack thereof um, didn't really help us out. 
Um, there's a there's one non bowl team in here. The the eighty two the sixty three team. Sorry, uh, went eight and two. There was another one I was going to toss in here, but I figured people don't really like to see like non bowl seasons, even if there's a valid reason for them. Um, people were also mad that the ninety five and ninety six teams were facing one another. Um, and that the 96 team was a three seed. Um, as I noted in the comments, this 96 team, according to football reference, is actually the second best team um, since 1950 for Syracuse. Um, they were right behind the, uh, the 59 team. They were actually ahead of the 87 team. Um, most people just kind of see the nine and three in the Liberty Bowl berth. Um, and then as not as good as, as the 95 team, which went nine and three, but made Gator Bowl um, and smoked Clemson 41, nothing um, as we'll, we're, we'll happily remind uh, Tigers fans. But yeah, again, college football is weird. We all know this um, random bowl games, schedules that don't really overlap much uh, shady polling practices until recently. And even then still some shady polling practicing. Um, another one that was weird, uh, 87 versus 98. I mean, I figured 87 was going to win, but, but a pretty clear 94 to 6% advantage. There's actually not a lot of close matchups in here, um, despite me thinking that most of these were going to be pretty evenly matched. And these teams really are historically pretty evenly matched. Uh, like that, the other part of the 87 thing, is, and not that they you know, have or taken anything away from them, but like 87, um, there was definitely like some schedule help, uh, some teams that weren't as good as they normally would be, um, which helped us roll through that. Um, obviously, yeah, at the same time, like, if if they uh, – hello? Oh, sorry, I saw your Slack message, and I thought it was to me directly. Um, <laughs> I thought you sent me text, and I was like, what? what? <laughs> nope. um, I can't do that. It's a podcast. Um, no, I, I, I think, like, it's, it's, it's easy to look at the undefeated schedule. Um, but the 98 team obviously had to deal with, like, some really uh, tough Big East teams um, in that, like, late 90s era before the ACC came and swooped in. Um, and obviously like probably blew one or two games that they should have won, but like, they were not that far off from making like a big national run though. 87 is a choice. Like, I don't think you have to overthink it too much, but I, I'm a little surprised there weren't some younger fans who remember that. Although like an eight and four season like that, where they're so talented, like there's also a little bit of like what could have been negatively, uh, in terms of like reflecting on the voting. Yeah. We're going to get into some fun. What ifs actually this week too. Um, I'll, everyone will just see that on Wednesday, but um, yeah, I, I think that that's a good point right there. Um, there's certainly a little bit like for us, I mean, like I was rooting for the team a bit, like before I got on campus, I know you weren't necessarily, but like, there's only a handful of those, what if situations for us as Syracuse football fans since like 2006 to 2008. So like, realistically, I think all of our, what ifs are positives of like, Oh, Hey, I remember fondly that team that fell short, but man, imagine if Dr. Gross hadn't scheduled them into the ground. Yeah, uh, basketball is very different, <laughs> which uh, I'm sure will be uh, a major theme. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, that's like basically all I hear from like the '90s fans was, you know, one one game away from being in like another BCS bowl or or you know who knows what would have happened if if Coach P had gone over the hump um, or just didn't have that this devastating loss to Georgia Tech. Uh, did another year, don't hire G Rob because it doesn't line up. It's. Uh, it's always fascinating. I mean, it's fascinating for every school, but I think with Syracuse, uh, especially Syracuse football, you can really point to like individual things or like if they hire Bo Pelini instead of G Rob, like, you know, I doubt Bo Pelini's still here because he, he, you know, we'd still be in Nebraska if he didn't have like a total meltdown in all likelihood. But how much, like, how, how much of a, a difference is it? How much is the floor raised? So 
Um, yeah, it's always it's always interesting with Syracuse fans. They love uh, it's definitely a thing where they really enjoy debating it. In football, it's like a much rosier picture. Basketball, like it's the difference between us being like a really good program, a top ten to fifteen program, and you, you know. John Wallace doesn't foul out. Uh, Derek Holman doesn't miss some free throws. Uh, obviously, a dramatic corner three doesn't go in. Uh, you're, you're probably talking about like, oh, Bayheim's in the like true pantheon of all timers with like maybe three national championships uh, pretty spread out throughout his career. Um, you know, but if uh, Brandon Trish doesn't get that bad foul call, same thing. So, what a fab yeah, play is. Uh, I mean, like you could. I mean, most programs so of our caliber can do this, but you could. You could easily talk yourself into like more titles than is healthy. It's almost like, I, I kind of feel like the 2016 final four gets remembered more fondly than the 2013, despite the 2013 being a much better team um, because 2013, like the loss to Michigan was really devastating. And the way it happened it going to overtime, I was just like kind of running out of players um, was so much more devastating than like, Oh, we got, we got literally as far as we could have then UNC blew our doors off, but we weren't supposed to be there. So you know, whatever it was an amazing run, uh, but I almost feel like people people uh, look more fondly on that, even though it was like you know we got to the same exact place. And twenty thirteen, like that was a much better season. We got a lot uh, done that year. I made some just unbelievable wins down the stretch. The team got a lot better throughout, throughout the year. So it is interesting how expectations and like the what ifs kind of frame things, because you know we were so close to doing it as Louisville, who we'd beaten. Uh, that season, I probably told this on before, like the night after that game, uh, we were on the Marta in Atlanta and we happened to be riding with a bunch of Atlanta Louisville trainers. And they were like, yeah, we, the team did not want to play you guys for a fourth time. They really thought they'd have trouble beating you for, I think this would have been the third time that year. Um, they were very happy that Michigan beat us. So yeah, that's like, you know, it was awesome to be there, but you know, you, you really thought that Syracuse had won it that year versus 2016. Like odds are we were not going to give it what we were up against and the fact that we just beat Virginia was such an accomplishment. You kind of put your hanging your hat on that. So just the mentality of things is always so interesting, especially, I mean, it's, it's, it's a sports thing in general, but there are so many things to point to for Syracuse basketball, especially. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. Like, obviously I'm not a f- part of another college like fan base. I feel like college sports in general, because of its randomness, because of how many teams there are, there's, there's a lot more near misses than you get in pro sports, like pro sports, like, especially like baseball, uh, you get your near misses, but by and large, like the sample size is large enough. Um, I think basketball and hockey, I think basketball more than hockey actually usually reward one of the best couple teams. Like historically, that's just how it's worked. Um, I think football, you have some randomness, but sometimes it's course correcting for a season that just was influenced too heavily by strength schedule. Um, when it comes to college sports, there's just so many teams um, that you get to play what if a little bit more. And I think, there's probably teams out there, you know, that could claim more legitimate what ifs in football um, just by way of, you know, strength of teams and, and, and opportunities um, presented to them. I think for us there, though, I think there's because we only have one title in each. Um, I think Syracuse fans do at least engage in what if more than most fan bases um, that I've interacted with. Um, again, adjust that for sample size a little bit, I guess. Um but yeah, I, I think what if is it, it, it is a big part of this fan base, um, and that's why I, I kind of have a, a fun what if uh, exercise planned for Wednesday because of that. Um, because I think that there's a there's definitely a lot of unique angles, and some of them more obvious than others um, that that we'll be able to kind of take down some some random rabbit holes, I guess. Yeah, and honestly, this is the time to do it. Like there just isn't much more to do, and 
if people can have fun with those conversations and, and engage and at least take their minds off of everything else for a little bit to reflect on some fun, some fun memories, even if they come with like some angst over the what ifs themselves and like, you know, it's not, there, there are worse ways to spend your time. Yeah. I mean, obviously like we have our usual off season stuff and I've been trying to stave off the, uh, the typical off season production for as long as possible. Um, since that usually doesn't get going until like May. So we're going to need, we're going to need a little bit more. And that's kind of why this bracket stuff's coming up. It's why some of these other random ideas are coming up um, because I'm trying to keep us, uh, trying to keep us from that well as long as possible. I think we should have a week of just celebrating the national championships for every Syracuse team that was not eliminated in the winter and spring. And obviously lacrosse team because they are, they are the 2019 national champions. Well, we already created a banner for the, uh, for the lacrosse team. (laughs) We We just need somewhere to hang it. We should send it. Actually, put it with the trophy, the 1990 trophy, wherever that is. I heard you guys have an an extra trophy hanging around somewhere. Yeah, here's a banner for whenever you want to, you know, display this. Where do you think the trophy is? Because I know, like, I know people involved have, have, like, have noted, like, there's only a handful of people that know where it is. And, like, it seems like it's hidden in plain sight. Like, the obvious answer is somewhere in the dome. Somewhere in the dome would be good. Hopefully, they it got moved before the construction. Um, it's either, I mean, the obvious answer is like somewhere in the dome, somewhere in Manly. Um, like the 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 most the the coolest answer is like if it's buried with with uh, with Simmons. Um, the 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 real I think the the real home of it is like somewhere in Harry's. <laughs> just like just somewhere in Harry's. It's probably somewhere in plain sight, and just everyone's so so drunk every time they step in there immediately that they just, no one's noticed. I can see that. That's really Um, the beating heart of the lacrosse program. So it makes sense. (laughs) Like, I do hope we find out where it is at some point. Like, I think the moment that the NCAA gets disbanded, like that trophy's coming out. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. I like, I wouldn't doubt it either. If it's like in just like one of the like main, the, the, the main people of interest houses. That's very possible. Um, I don't know. I think like, and, and we, you know, it's come up before and there's like a whole pretty well done documentary about it. Aside from like, we don't know where it is still. Um, it's like one of the cooler sports things. Like there's just literally, like, we have like a pirate trophy. <laughs> like that, that is so heavily guarded that like there are rumors about it, but no one, like no one, there's not like a, it's not like an open secret where it is. Like we don't know. Yeah, It's impressive. It's impressive that, that the secrets, right. like, especially in this day and age, that like, like somebody always opens their mouth. It's amazing that, that nobody knows where it is. It'd be really easy for it to be like one of those like wink, wink, nod, nod secrets where like, oh, it's in Derry Gate. It's in a, Derry Gate has it in his office at home or something. No, we like, no one definitively knows except for probably like, how many people do you think total know? Like in between, I'd say like under 50, probably, probably less. Well, I guess it depends on how many people are on the team. Like, cause do you, do you, is there a cutoff of how many people on that team know? That's the question. Like if the whole 1990 team knows, then you open up yourself, but even but I kind of think it's fewer because I think if the whole 1990 team knows, it would have gone out there. That's a yeah, lot of but like, yeah, yeah, but like, is it 1998 team only? Is it certain? Is it only starters and like key reserves? Is it do their spouses know? Like, is there a like? It really is a super interesting thing. Like, I do think you're right. I think it's under 50 people know, and like it just so like and 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 I think the details of where it is are such that think however it was found out you'd immediately be able to point to who gave it away and they'd just be like kind of like excommunicated from like the uh the men's lacrosse like brotherhood i would truly 
I would truly watch like an infinite part true crime documentary about the trophy. It, it, it's so it's like it's probably the most fascinating thing about Syracuse sports. It's so cool that we have a mystery trophy. I love it so yeah, much. Like, and I kinda, yeah, like, part of me doesn't want to know where it is because of that. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I kind of hope this sticks around like for a long time. And like, I know like the the big like kind of weird tradition thing that people wrote about last year, um, like on the Athletic and like ESPN, um, where you know like it was it was the varsity banner flip, and like that is a fun tradition, an interesting one, yes. But this is the best tradition. Like, I I, I 100% agree with you that like this is the tradition that um, that really could like stand the test of time. Yeah, it, it's it's great. So. Props to the, the secret keepers. Glad you have all done your jobs throughout the years so that we can have a cool thing. Yeah, I remember when like Louisville was gonna get their like title stripped and I even like wrote an article about it. Like Louisville, like there's a way around this. Like there's there's an opportunity here. <laughs> yeah, like like there's clearly like 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 the, 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 the rule books already been thrown out once on this one. And like the NCAA even forgets that they strip us of the title because the amount of times you see a graphic about how many championships we won. Um, during a game even even in game I know like uh, I think Brian Harrison and some other people have like taken pictures of like the scoreboard like from the NCAA like during games that shows like 11 titles um, like so, so the NCAA even forgets at this point but like there's like, like we we told you how to do this so like anyone who got gets a title strip from here on out like you we've already showed you how to do it if you if you haven't figured it out by this point like sorry you know what my favorite thing about it, and I and I say this with like utmost confidence, which I just realized, Doctor Gross doesn't know where it is. <laughs> There's no chance. There's no chance he knows. This no. guy was was traipsing around Drumlins, telling everyone in the world we we're going to the Pinstripe Bowl in 2010 before it was announced. Um, he still talks about it too, even though he hasn't worked there in years. He still talks about it. We're two ADs. I know one of them was very short. We are two ADs past him. He worked at SU for a long time, and based on t- everything I know about Dr. Gross, and you know, so we, we've talked about his legacy for you know at length. It's not all bad; like he did some really good things. There is zero percent chance Dr. Gross knows because he absolutely would have tried to monetize it. <laughs> There's just zero chance we would have had a sparsely attended trophy day against Rutgers uh, during the lacrosse game, and like it would have gotten enough to a thousand people out to like take pictures on the field with the long lost trophy by paying twenty five dollars, and Steiner Sports would have like melted it down and sent out pieces to people like we a thousand percent would have taken advantage of it so dr gross definitely does not know where the trophy is and he was like the head of that series athletics for like a decade right a long long time do you think okay so like people that would have to know like you know what i don't think jake knows either um yeah maybe not he doesn't know like do you think Coyle obviously doesn't know do you think shaw knew though shaw might have known He's somebody who hasn't really talked to the media much. Like the other thing is like, like they can't really be much for like being public figures um, at all. Really the people who know, like most of them can't really be big drinkers because then you're always like one too many beers away from like revealing it. Which, which crosses off a lot of lacrosse players. (laughs) (laughs) No offense to lacrosse players. I've hung out with plenty of them. They, they, they get it. Um, Yeah. I mean, it, it like there's, there's a chance it's like, it's like 10 or fewer people. That that would that would be absolutely wild. There's a chance it's like the Gates, Desco, um, good old public figures. Yeah, but like uh, maybe a handful of players from that team. Um, the Simmons is obviously um, maybe whoever the AD. Maybe Jake does. I don't know. It's 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 really cool. I want more content about the trophy. 
from That's a good like, why, why is this so like i know like the documentary even like took a long time to get made yeah the acc network should have like really done it up for the launch because it's like a just a great story and it introduces people to like syracuse a little bit more well, I think that's why people haven't done it, because I don't think anybody involved with college athletics wants to seem complicit in this story. Although, was, wasn't it an ESPN production? It was an ESPN production, but it was like a web-only, yeah. like 30 for 30, like adjacent thing. It was good, though. They should play that, like, on ACC. Like, right now, that, actually, that thing should have been played on ACC Network a few times. Well, this is why, like, the, like, the fact that, like, SU didn't have anything really ready to go is like a, a huge missed opportunity. Like I know we've done the Tiana special and like there's there's things you could mock up, but like there's a lot of stories that like remain, like like how much would the ACC and Syracuse really have to pay to like get like the Express played like once a month during the off season on ACC Network? It couldn't be that much. It's like, it's, I mean, it played a lot on TV when it like right hit. Uh, it, it, it was not a well-received film. No, it's like a classic like, it was mediocre fine. sports yeah. movie that like Syracuse fans really like, and I, I mean, I really enjoyed it when I watched it because it was cool. It came in my freshman year, so it was like, yeah, like, I was like, at, like the on-campus like thing. Like, I don't know if you were there too. Like that, like I didn't go. Yeah, like it was like I don't even know why I went. Like I was, I think I was walking through the quad, and I like was gonna head to like a Friday class or whatever, and I'm like, eh, no, I'm not gonna go. Like, like I just like, didn't because like, uh, you know, like like. All, all, all the main people involved, like in both the movie and the actual events, were there. Um, like, like, yeah, like, uh, what's his face? Um, why, why is his name escaping me? How, how do I not remember this person's name? Uh, this is gonna like piss me off now because, like, there's no reason why I shouldn't know this name. Yeah, Dennis Quaid. Like, like, that, that's yeah, definitely okay. like a mini stroke. <laughs> definitely like a mini stroke. Like. That, like the type of thing where like everyone should know who that is. Let John go to the park. Yeah, this is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is pretty bad. Um, yeah, like Dennis Quaid was there. There's a bunch of other people there. Um, de- de- definitely rough times here. Then, then we lost to Penn State by a million points that weekend. So just yeah, really not the best. It was one of the um, only games that uh, that I've like that I like left early because I just couldn't stomach it anymore. And then we lost to Akron. Um, my, my freshman year was great. Um, I stayed. I yeah. stayed during that entire game. Actually, it was family weekend, so I think I did too. Oh God, Jesus! Okay, this episode's gone oddly into like an overtime area that it hasn't in a while, and, and of course, expected. it's like, and of course, it's like the most random of random topics. At least it was tight. It was Syracuse related. We 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 were very front heavy on non Syracuse related. We we drifted into we drifted into subject. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to edit it to be the other, like the other order. <laughs> That's actually a great idea. <laughs> Look at us just really nailing the Syracuse stuff up front. It's killing it. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, Dan, anything else before we go? No, I, I'm afraid to keep on going because who knows where we end up. <laughs> also true. Uh, oh, Tulane actually uh, got a new field in today. So props to them. Ooh, I'm going to Google that now. It looks super nice. I, I bet it does. They do everything so well. Yeah, they. Uh, it, it's they, they. They appear to have more money than us, even though that's almost certainly not true. It does look good. I kind of. I kind of like the off-color thing they were going with before, but it does look good. There. All right. Well, uh, Dan, hope you. Uh, hope you remain safe and healthy um, down South Carolina. Hope you uh, are able to return to New York um, soon. Hope everybody out there is uh, is safe and healthy, and, and, and please be sure to take care of yourselves, your family, 
uh, first and foremost, uh, as all this is going on. Good mm-hmm. everything John said, and you as well. Indeed. Um, for everybody listening, this has been Troy Noons, an absolute podcast. That was Dan. I'm John. Um, please, please, please rate, review, and, and most importantly, subscribe um, to the show um, on iTunes, on Megaphone, on Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Overcast, whatever other service you uh, listen to podcasts on, and uh, go orange. Orange.